Hello, this is Nancy Miller with the podcast My Creative Life, and this is season two, episode five. And today I have Jennifer Grivey, who is a hand lettering artist that I found through my Instagram feed, and her work is amazing. And I'm so grateful to have her here today on my podcast so that you guys can hear about her process and how she works through her hand lettering work. All right, so um, Jennifer, thank you again for being on this podcast. You're welcome. I'm excited to be here. And I was wondering, can you tell the uh, audience a little bit more about yourself? Sure. Um, I'm a graphic designer, illustrator, and hand hand lettering artist living in Medina, Ohio. Um, I also have a twin sister who is also in graphic design. Um, I've been married for four years, and I have two cats named Wheatley and Luna. Um, I'm obsessed with typography and lettering. Um, My hobbies include watching movies, reading manga, uh, watching anime, of course, playing with my two cats. I play video games as well, but it's been rarely lately since I've been doing more on my artwork than anything. Um, I'm basically just spending time with my husband and family and living in the design life. Oh, that's awesome. I mean, it's just like I've I've started, like after I'd seen your work, I went back through your earlier Instagram posts and it's really great to see that evolution and process of your work and it's gotten stronger (laughs) and stronger. So I find it fascinating that documentation that social media provides like for illustrators and designers, like you can literally see over the course of a year, like you are getting better, you are getting stronger, Your, your work um, it's just, I love the color palettes. I love the choice of, um, just your sense of style with your hand lettering, um, that you've come about. And then you have your website. Was that like fueled by letters.com? Yes. Yeah. Beautiful work on that too. And I liked how that went into a little bit more of your process and thinking. So I highly recommend to anybody who's listening that if you want to see like the process, like from her sketches initially to how she's worked out to the final, I think that's a great resource for people who are starting out in lettering or even anybody who's in graphic design or illustration. Yeah, I currently work a day job at a print-on-demand company making t-shirt designs, but I've been trying to pursue to go full-time freelancing just because I would love to have the chance to work from home and because I feel like it'd be more relaxing. Oh, sure, because, well, I worked, it's kind of funny, I was, uh, I graduated in illustration and then I kind of, I jumped into graphic design years and years ago because there wasn't really per se, like in the area I was living in, I live in Savannah, Georgia, and there wasn't really like in-house illustrators per se. And so you kind of had to do double duty as an illustrator and graphic designer. And so, right. yeah, the t- I was at a newspaper, a daily newspaper, and the turnaround times were really harsh. I'm not a big fan of that. Yeah, it's rough sometimes. Yeah. We do like about 20 to 100 graphics a day. Wow. A lot of the times we like reuse a clip art that we buy wow. and we just like change out like names. Like my mom loves me, my grandma loves me, or like uh-huh. little nicknames you give to your grandma. Honestly. <laughs> make quite a bit, a lot of graphics with that. Oh, wow. So you're extremely fluent and versed in, um, as far as the software you're using and having a, a oh, yes. workflow. So that's I, awesome. I think the first Photoshop I used was like 4.4. Oh, gotcha. Oh, yeah. I hear you. I remember when, as a graphic designer, I started out in working with um, PageMaker. That was back in the day. They had PageMaker, and then it went to Quark Express. Then it went to InDesign. Um, And then I used even, like, Freehand, like, the precursor to Illustrator. Um, Photoshop, luckily, was always there 
that was, yeah. that was nice. That stayed fairly consistent. Um, my next question for you was, can you describe the first time you remember making art? I would say probably when I was in like kindergarten. I remember being like when we did arts and crafts, I always enjoyed it a lot. And that was like my favorite subject in school. Oh, really? So was there, because when I talk to people about their experiences, there was some kind of, kind of almost like that magical moment. It was like usually when you were younger um, and it was like in elementary, the people who I've talked to, it, it's really fascinating to me because they talk about, well, I was like in second grade. I was, right. in, I was three like years was. old. I was like, I can't even remember what I was doing at three years of age, but it just fascinates me that, and they talk, was there like a specific moment though, like that you were maybe encouraged or you were, you know, cause you say you and your, your twin sister is also a graphic designer. So yeah, she just doesn't do the illustration part. She's never really drawn much as I have growing up. I started out in third grade drawing. Um, I don't know if you know Sarah Moon, that was my favorite TV show back in the day and still is mm -hmm. today. And that's anime basically is what got me into doing a lot of uh, illustration yeah. at first. Okay. And that's what inspired me. I think it's just because of the style and mm -hmm. like the beautiful animation that they come up with. It's ridiculous. Yeah. I, I really, um, I watched some of the Sailor Moon and actually it was one of my friends who, as I, when I was older, she was like, you really got to watch this show called Inuyasha. And I was like, really? And That's so my sister's favorite. <laughs> we, my husband and I, we binge watched that and we loved it. So we, and I love the style of work. And then that got me interested in uh, Studio Ghibli's work. Oh, yes. Uh, Miyazaki's work is just, um, just, it's to me, it's a, it's an art form when you see the detail and, and the stories behind it. It was just like, for me, it was like, I think a lot of the story and how well they were written and how vested you feel in the characters, like uh, by the end of Inuyasha, I, like, I, I felt sorry for like these characters. I felt sorry for Inuyasha. I mean, I felt like, um, you know, they, you really got to see them and know them as like they were real. <laughs> so um, can you tell me a little bit about what is your favorite type of work, artwork to create? Um, of course, lettering is mainly the first one that I like to do, and I like to draw a lot of cute animals. <laughs> That's awesome. I love animals, too. They're, like, my favorite thing to draw. <laughs> I follow so many people on Instagram that draw a lot of cute animals. They make keychains and stickers, and it's like, I want to do that. <laughs> so, like, what in particular with the hand lettering kind of drew you to that process? Um, well, my last job I had, I used to work at a grocery store where we did a lot of lettering on chalkboards and painted wood signs where we promote products that we had monthly. Oh. And that's what first got me into hand lettering. Um, I was there for about a year and a half and then I got laid off. So I didn't have a job for three months. Mm -hmm. And so then that's when I really like took off. I really wanted to get into hand lettering and I found uh Dina Rodriguez with Letter Shop. Oh. She was like my biggest inspiration. Like, I'm like, I want to do what she does. Mm -hmm. And then I found Mary Kate McDevitt and then mm -hmm. Jessica Hish. Um, and then I saw um, Valerie McKee. I hope I'm saying her name right. With Lillian Val. Uh -huh. And she used to have a pop store in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, but I think she closed oh. it down. Um, she did a lot of like chalk chalkboard lettering which I would think is really neat too yeah 
But yeah, they're my biggest inspirations on what got me into hand lettering. That's cool because I have Mary Kate McDevitt's book, um, hand so lettering. Uh, gosh, which book was it? This is hand lettering ledger. Because one of my friends, who's a graphic designer, who I interviewed before, Nikita Prokov, he was like, "Oh, you should really look at her, her work because it kind of reminds me when I was when I." Because I am not, I mean, hand lettering, I love it, but I'm not very, I feel like I need a lot of work on it. So he was like, you know, I recommend her book. You should really, I have, a, he was telling me he had her book as well. And I was like, okay. So I thought that was really helpful as far as. <laughs> now, do you, when you, can you tell us a little bit more about how you start with your ideas with your hand lettering? Like what inspires your the words that you're choosing um your color palettes and and things like that usually i just try to go online like research some quotes that i like um mainly i've been doing a lot of like the lettering challenges from lauren home mm, which yeah. got me into doing a lot of them too mm -hmm. um because sometimes i'm like i have a hard time trying to come up with quotes so i gotta like research and like figure out what i want to do and so then I just like sketch out kind of like a composition. Um, Stefan Coons's grids help out a lot. And like the letter builder that they came out with, I use that too to help out. Uh, so I usually sketch everything out first and then I'll refine it and then I'll start inking and everything. Usually my color palettes, I just, I use a lot of pink and blue because uh -huh. it's like my favorite colors. Oh, sure. <laughs> and, but I do kind of, I try to like expand my color palette and use like, I love bright colors. Oh yeah. Especially I'm, against like dark backgrounds. Yeah. I, I'm a fan of the, the bright colors too. And I think, um, because my, as far as when I freelance, when I was freelancing more, I was in children's books. So I tended to do more of the bright colors and that's just kind of like <laughs> what my personality leans towards. Though I do like the idea of like experimenting with some of like the darker, palettes and things. I've been trying to do more of that to kind of expand my uh, repertoire, but I really enjoy, yeah, the color palettes that you've picked and the uh, energy in your hand lettering. So I think that really comes across as really happy, positive, um, the messages that you put out there. Yeah. So how do you stay motivated to keep working? Because you said you have a full-time day job. Yes. And then you're doing this, I'm guessing, nights and weekends with your hand lettering? Yeah, pretty much evenings of my weekend is when I do my lettering the most. Uh, ma mainly, I mean, sometimes I'm not motivated after, you know, working all day doing graphics the whole day. But usually when I, I just go on Instagram and look at other artists and like, and then I get inspired to do my own work, basically just looking at other people's work. Mm -hmm. It's like... I gotta start doing some more work. And then also, um, last year I was recently diagnosed with a eye disease. So it also kind of like motivates me even more to try to pursue my dream of becoming a full-time freelancer. Gotcha. Can, would you mind talking a little bit more about the eye disease? I remember you mentioning it on Instagram, posting some um, information about that. Yeah, it's called lattice degeneration. Um, it's basically thinning of the per peripherals of my retina, uh -huh. which I've never even heard of it before. And like, it's definitely scary because I could possibly have a chance of getting like a hole or tear, uh -huh. a retina detachment. Uh -huh. um, 
So it kind of does put me at like a higher risk and I'm, since I'm so nearsighted as well. So that probably doesn't help. But yeah, it's pretty scary. And it's basically also what's been motivating me more to try to pursue my dream. Oh, gotcha. So I was curious, so what are you currently working on um, for, you know, whatever you're interested, you know, with the lettering or graphics or illustration? Currently, I've been trying to work more on getting products out there, like on my Etsy and website. Oh, cool. Um, I wanted to do like acrylic keychains because oh. I've actually gone to a lot of like anime conventions and they do a lot of like chibi characters as acrylic keychains. I'm like, I want to do that with lettering because I don't oh, really nice. see a lot of people do that. So awesome. I figured that would be a neat idea. And of course, I'm going to work on stickers. Yeah, I've seen the stickers a lot. There's this one... Um was it paper to plate on Instagram and she does these really and I I um, messaged her just out of curiosity like where do you get your stickers made because she's like in Singapore so she told me who wow. she uses um I I've been really fascinated with the the way that Instagram like a lot of artists that I tend to generally like I mean there are the ones here in the U.S. but I found a lot of them in China and Russia that I love the style of their work and it comes off as probably very unique to me, probably in their environment because they're, it kind of, because yeah. you think about <laughs> it's so, you know, I mean, arts global and all that and stuff in the marketplace, but to me, their work t tends to be even more unique because I think of their, you know, whatever different culture, whatever their different style of work, it yeah. makes it just kind of stand out a little bit more to me. And I don't know, like, as far as are there, um, you had mentioned some Instagram artists that you personally follow. Are there um, any others that maybe that that you mentioned um, that we haven't mentioned? Mm. I follow so many people; it's kind of hard to remember everybody. Oh yeah, I know it's hard to remember all of those. I've got like hundreds that I'm following myself. Um, one of them is Vera. I don't know how you pronounce the rest of it. Um, CM Bringle. Uh huh. Uh, what is this, Shauna? last name starts with a P. I can't think of the last name. But yeah, I have like what, so many inspiration lettering artists on Instagram. It's, it's ridiculous. <laughs> gotcha. So I was curious, what is, what would you consider to be the most indispensable item in your studio that you could not live without? Definitely my iPad Pro. I take it everywhere I go usually. So if I have an idea, I can like quickly sketch something out oh okay oh and I was gonna ask you that brings up another question are you tending to do more of your hand lettering in um on your iPad or are you you know using a you know desktop computer I mean I was kind of curious about how you're doing your workflow lately I've been using more of my iPad Pro but I also have a drawing tablet hooked to my desktop PC at home that I rarely use but uh -huh. it's nice because it's a bigger screen Oh, gotcha. Yeah. Yeah. Cause I was wondering because, um, is just out of curious, are you a Mac or um, a PC person at home? I'm a PC, but I also have a MacBook Pro, but I barely use it. Oh, gotcha. Gotcha. I mean, it's I'm old. That's okay. It's a 2012. Oh, it's okay. I mean, I was always, um, a Mac person because when I was in school, they all had Macs for the labs. And then when I worked in um, industry, I was just, they always had Macs. And um, 
I would say now it's probably gotten a lot better as far as Windows has gotten a lot better. Like I was surprised, like they finally, where I teach at, we got upgraded to Windows 10. I was like, oh, this is a lot like Mac OS now. It just, it seems a lot more easier and fluid to navigate on the, uh, on the platform. So I'll go, I was like, oh, I can see, yeah, that's not too bad. Yeah, I'm going to be honest, you kind of get more of a powerful computer if you use a PC because mm -hmm. you can build it and get cheaper parts. <laughs> yeah, that's true because it's like the cost because I was on the fence. I was like, I ended up buying an older MacBook Pro, a 2015 recently because <laughs> I just could not bring myself to pay the full price for a MacBook Pro, um, the new one, because the solid state drives were so right. expensive. And I was like, are you kidding me? This is like a, for a small fortune. <laughs> and I mean, I need storage space. I know. Like we need to be rich to buy your products. <laughs> yeah. I mean, and it was just like, and there's only two ports for these, you know, um, Thunderbolt C or whatever. I was like, I do not want a bunch of these um, <laughs> adapters and dongles attached to the end of this. Or I'd seen some people use like basically like a dock and they have all these different switches and stuff. But I was like, I then you got to spend another, I don't know, it's like $90, dollars for that. Wow. So um, yeah, I can see I did end up getting the MacBook Pro to 2015 one. Because that kind of avoided having to do the adapters, but um, it's that's been working great for portability wise. Now, have mm -hmm. you tried? Um, now I don't know. I just saw an app called AstroPad, but I don't know if that just works on the Mac where you can use your MacBook. Um, I'm sorry, your uh, iPad, and then have it sync with the larger screen on your desktop. Because somebody was mentioning that in one of my. Um, yeah, I actually do have that on my iPad Pro. Yeah. I don't Screen size on my tablet compared to the MacBook, it was yeah. weird. Oh, okay, gotcha. So it acts like it, yeah. Because my um, I have a Wacom Cintiq, and it does change the uh, the ratio scaling or whatever. But I have a larger screen. Um, I have a Ma um iMac as well, so I have that hooked up. So that tends to. I don't know. That's where I tend to use more, do more of my work. If I'm doing lettering stuff because I'm getting so old, right. I, I have progressive lenses. So that kind of, tell, I'm in my forties. So it's, it's a lot harder to look at a <laughs> tiny screen. I have yeah. my iPad pro as well, but sometimes I'm just like, I just can't see anymore. I got to have a bigger screen. I need a bigger real estate. Mm -hmm. But, um, but that's really cool. So you start out with your sketches, you said, and so you're doing your sketches on your um, on your iPad, right? And then um, you bring you're doing the whole thing in Procreate. So when you're doing your process, can you go in a little bit, like from the very beginning to the end? Um, I usually tend to just sketch it or do real fast okay. and then I kind of go with the composition like where I want everything to go because sometimes when I start sketching that doesn't like that just does not look right so uh -huh. go in and refine them more but yeah mostly it's just a bunch of sketching first okay and then I always tend to use a lot of script lettering a lot that's my favorite to use and then the final that you're finished with um it's just um are you, I'm just curious, so are, so most of your designs when you're working, are you, are you thinking in terms of like, you're going to post this on Instagram or you're using it for 
a project for like your stickers or for your keychains. So I just kind of curious about like your sizing and how, how big you're working at. Um, I usually do 2000 by 2000 with a 300 DPI on my iPad. Cause it's mostly, I post everything on Instagram okay. the most. Gotcha. Gotcha. All right. And I'm coming up to the last couple of questions. Um, what is something you wish you had known about starting, you know, as an artist that if you could go back in time into a time machine and go tell yourself, Hey, this is something, you know, will be very helpful to you. What, what would that be? Well, basically everything. Oh. <laughs> like I wish that I knew about all the opportunities you can do to make a passive income besides just freelancing, mm -hmm. like all these print on demand websites like Redbubble and Society6 especially Etsy and like doing digital products, which I have been trying to get out there more with like digital prints. That's awesome. Yeah. I think there's a huge area that it's like, like I went to school for illustration and I mean, I really love my experience going to school, but I felt like the part with the business side of it, it could have been a little bit more in depth. I think it was just kind of understood that, oh, you'll figure it out when you get out there. But there's a <laughs> yeah, lot of, but there's a lot of, you know, I mean, it's good because you learn the most from your mistakes. I mean, I learned some very, you know, things that I wished I you know, had known earlier that would have saved me some headaches because I really didn't know, like when I did freelance work, oh, what's the 1099? Oh, I have to pay taxes on this? What What is this? Right. I mean, it's just a whole different concept of um, how, you know, you're really in business for yourself as an artist. And um, you've done a really great job, I think, promoting on Instagram. It feels very, like when I look at your Instagram feed, you have a really overall um, definite style and work that you've built in. Um, so in that process, what have you found helpful? Because I think Instagram is a platform, you know, it's so geared to artists, but there's so many people out there. Have, have you felt like there were any tips that you could share as far as to make your work stand out on Instagram? I mean, <laughs> I usually, I follow Dina a lot and I really uh -huh. like what she does and how she teaches everyone and has all the classes she has a um, also have people help, you know, learn what to do. Because mm -hmm. um, I know how you're supposed to be consistent with posting on Instagram, which I know I don't mostly do that. Mm -hmm. Like they say three times a week is okay, like during the weekdays. Gotcha. Because I will, uh, I will be honest, I could, I find it really hard to balance um, what I do during the day and then doing all these posts, it feels like you're, you know, you have a lot of hats when you are um, working as a um, freelancer and trying to have this as a business. And um, I feel like you really, it's like a second part-time job having some, you know, the yeah. social marketing part of it. And it can be kind of overwhelming um, doing it's definitely some a struggle. Yes. Yeah. Cause I, um, had a friend of mine, I interviewed Travis Falligan and he's built his Instagram following. And he told me like he grinded. I was like, he told me how, um, how he was working on his just everyday posting to build it up. And I was just like, wow, that's phenomenal. <laughs> but 
anyways, thank you so much for sharing that. And then the last question is, at the end of your life, you've made all the art that you wanted and you've lived a full life. If you could, there could be nothing left behind of your existence but a note you've written with three final truths, what would those truths be? I definitely would say follow your dreams. Don't let fear stop you and always keep looking ahead for better things. That's awesome. Yeah, I agree with that. I mean, it's like in the art business, you definitely um, don't, I, I, yeah, all of that's true because I feel like you, you have to realize you're, you're going to make mistakes. That's highly normal. And I think sometimes because social media, we, we do curate things. We do try to make everything look just, you know, so, uh, in a certain manner that sometimes people don't realize that it's, 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 you know, a pursuit of a dream and it's a passion and that you, you're going, you know, sometimes a hundred and 20 miles an hour to try to get that get there but I definitely see you being able to accomplish all that Jennifer your work is outstanding and it's just thank you yeah I just really um enjoy looking at it I always look forward to seeing I wonder what Jennifer's doing with her work and her lettering and so thank you so much for being on my podcast I really appreciate you are like the first person outside of my grouping of friends that I have invited to be on it and I think um a lot of people could learn from the process and that what you've learned from creating your hand lettering. And I wanted to do, oh, have you do a shout out to your social media. So people, I'll put it in the description box as well, but could you All go right. ahead and tell everybody like if you, they want to see more of your work where they can find um, it? My hand on Instagram is at jennifer.gravy. Um, and then I have a fueledbyletters.com. And then I also have an Etsy page, which is also fueled by letters. Oh, awesome. Okay, great. Well, I'm going to go ahead and put those in the description box as well so people can click on the link. And then, um, but thank you so much for being on my podcast. And thank you, everybody, for listening to My Creative Life. Thank you. And you're welcome. I had fun. Oh, great. I'm glad you did.